So at this time, we are at the early 2000s, and there is a crisis in the world that is not being solved by big pharma, and that crisis is the AIDS epidemic. And who who would you guess but the first black president of the United States decides, I got a solution to this problem. That man is William Clinton. Sean, you want to take it away? Yeah, so around 2002, 2003, the uh, Clinton Global Health Initiative, the uh, the Clinton Foundation gets involved um with uh, Raxberry Pharmaceuticals. And, you know, there's been a lot of reporting about the Clinton Foundation and how they are taking they were taking all this money from, you know, Gulf states and other kind of shady people who were obviously trying to influence uh, Hillary Clinton, who they thought would be the next president. But, like, the story with Raxberry and them is, as Yogi mentioned, they were trying to, the Clinton Health Initiative was trying to get generic HIV AIDS medications into sub-Saharan Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, And Raxberry, under the leadership of our two subjects, uh, Malvinder and Shivinder, uh, started watering down a lot of their generics, including their HIV AIDS medication. But this kind of allegation is a little controversial because when Hillary Clinton was running for president in 2016, uh, conservative media dug this up again. Uh, and uh, then Congresswoman from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, she's now the senator from Tennessee. Uh, she has her own, you know, kind of corruption with opiate pharmaceuticals. But when she was in Congress, she wrote a report on this in 2016, a September 2016 report. Um, her website summarized the report's key findings, uh, which is the Clinton Foundation likely facilitated the distribution of watered-down HIV-AIDS medications in sub-Saharan Africa. The distribution of watered-down HIV-AIDS medications may have increased patient mortality rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't directly tie it to it, but it seems very likely. Yeah. Um, uh, the watered-down HIV-AIDS medications were purchased with taxpayer money as a result of price agreements, some of which were likely negotiated by the Clinton Foundation. Um, and... Uh, quote, President Clinton was personally enriched with million-dollar consulting contracts by a friend of convicted felon and, Rax- and Ranbaxy advocate Rajat Gupta from 2002 to 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the point here is basically they, these guys were giving you know, Bill Clinton multi-million-dollar consulting and other contracts, and the Clinton Global Initiative— was using them and steering, you know, taxpayer money, foundation money, and um, UN money towards their particular generic drugs. And I do like, um, it also notes that President Clinton praised uh, Ranbaxy's AIDS-fighting efforts to an audience of 600 businessmen in Mumbai, India, uh, in 2013. <laughs> and so this was after um, they uh, pled guilty to seven felonies in 2013. Uh, they admitted lying to multiple federal health care agencies, and they were fined $500 million. It might have been before, but it was the same year is when Bill Clinton decides to go to India and praise their AIDS-fighting efforts. To continue on what Sean's saying and quote from the book, Bottle of Lies, uh, at one point, uh, the first whistleblower to let the FDA know about Rambaxi, Thakur, would learn about this. He would talk to a higher-up who would say, Arun went to a whiteboard and drew a diagram by region of the liability that Rambaxi faced. The United States and Canada on the bottom, Europe next, Latin America above that, 
India Next, and ROW, Rest of the World, comprising the poorest African nations on top. I'd start there, Arun said, pointing to the top. Thakur still felt that he was groping in the dark. He needed numbers. Arun called in his assistant to help. Thakur asked the young man what percentage of the dossiers submitted to regulators contained data that did not match what the company had on file. The assistant was evasive. It varies region from region. Moving forward here. In the U.S., the number was between 50 and 60%. In Europe, it would be the same. And in India and the rest of the world, it was 100%. So that means the numbers that they gave to regulators uh, in terms of the medicine being distributed in India and the rest of the world were all fraudulent. Um, Continuing on with a few more quotes from the book here. The company manipulated almost every aspect of its manufacturing process to quickly produce impressive-looking data that would bolster its bottom line. Continuing on, they altered test parameters so that formulations with higher impurities could be approved. They faked dissolution studies to general optimal results. They crushed up brand-name drugs into capsules so that they could be tested in lieu of the company's own drugs. They superimposed brand-name test results onto their own in-applications. For some markets, the company fraudulently mixed and matched data streams, taking its best data from manufacturing in one market and presenting it to regulators elsewhere elsewhere as data unique to the drugs in their markets. For other markets, the company simply invented data. I got two more quotes here, and then then I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Sean. Because Rambaxi was fixated on results, regulations and requirements were viewed with indifference. Good manufacturing practices were stop signs and inconvenient detours. So Rambaxi was driving any way it chose to arrive at favorable results, then moving around road signs, rearranging traffic lights, and adjusting mileage after the fact. In short, Rambaxi had almost no method for confirming the content of drugs in those markets. For example, the data collected by Thocker's team showed that of the 163 drug products approved in Brazil since 2000, almost all had been filed with phony batch records and stability data that did not exist. And now this last part here is the most gross. At one point, this is uh, another woman that comes in, Kathy Spring, who also became a whistleblower later on. At one point, she confronted Malvinder Singh, then president of pharmaceuticals, with her suspicions. He told her to be patient and assured her that everything would work out. But for that to happen, the company would have needed to care about the compliance and feel a sense of urgency about protecting patients. This continues on. Spring expressed her fears about the quality of the AIDS medicine that Ranbaxi was supplying for Africa. One of the company's top medical executives responded, Who cares? It's just blacks dying. Jesus Christ. So, when I say that Malvinder and Shivinder Singh are uh, pieces of shit that knew their company was uh, falsifying reports to sell drugs to the world and were trying to claim that they knew nothing about it, no. These leeches were exceedingly aware of the fact that the drugs that they were making at their factories were were not to quality standards, and they were doing it for profit. You know, it should be noted. I, I do like. Um, I found a, a write up of this controversy by the Heartland Institute, which mm-hmm. um, some listeners might know is a global warming denial fossil <laughs> fuel think tank. 
And I, I do want to give a minor digression because I found this so funny. The Heartland Institute in 2012 put up billboards with photos of the Unabomber along highways in <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> photos of the Unabomber with the caption, quote, I still believe in global warming, do you? <laughs> they had to take these down, yeah. but they, they actually <laughs> had planned out a campaign to put up uh, billboards with the same caption, I still believe in global warming, do you? Alongside billboards with pictures of Charles Manson, Fidel Castro, <laughs> and Osama bin Laden. Oh, wow. 